All right, everybody, welcome aboard. It is Boo 21 for Friday, October 9, Year of Our Lord 2020. Well, that's right, the Voo, the voice of one. We've turned 21. <laughs> Pretty crazy. No, 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 not 21 years, 21 episodes. That's right. We're still, yeah, we're still just getting off the ground, but 21. I like it. I like it. And it's good to have you on board. Appreciate you being here for listening and sharing, subscribing, downloading, sharing it, especially sharing it, especially, especially in these 25 days, 25 days until the re-election of Donald J. Trump, president of the United States. These are important days, these 25 days. So uh, more on that in a moment. But today we get a well, we get our Friday feature coffee. We get three tantalizing segments from the world of politics. But first, <laughs> oh, but first, folks, no need to move on to any other topic without first acknowledging that you're Atlanta Braves. That's right. They're moving on to the National League Championship Series versus the dreaded L.A. Dodgers. It's starting this Monday, all because they swept... The Miami Marlins. Here's how it's reported in Yahoo Sports. Says rookie Kyle Wright dazzled for six innings in his postseason debut as the Braves rode their superb pitching to beat the Miami Marlins 7-zip Thursday for a three-game sweep and their first trip to the NL Championship Series since 2001. By the way, one of my absolute best sports memories ever, experiences ever, was a World Series game. Yeah, that's right, 1997. Ironically, the Marlins, right, the Florida Marlins, right, they were in their very first World Series appearance, 1997. This was game one versus the Cleveland Indians, a beautiful night in Miami and awesome seats for the World Series. I mean, just to be there and look around as the World Series and the buzz and the, the full stadium and all of that and the, all of the, the kind of the pageantry of it in a way, as far as baseball goes for pageantry. But uh, it, it would, I mean, it, it is. And so the Marlins won uh, that night, seven to four, and went on to win that World Series. So uh, quite, quite an experience, quite a memory being at a World Series game. Well, hey, also in sports, uh, Florida State football at Notre Dame. Tomorrow evening, Saturday evening, I think it's 7.30. And uh, the Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, the Golden Domers, yeah, they're favored by 20. They're given a 95% chance of winning. Yeah, about, about the chance that Biden is getting. Uh, anyway, I'm thinking it'll be about a, I don't know, minimum three touchdown win for Notre Dame. Yeah. <sighs> well, the Seminoles and the Irish, they've met nine times and FSU has won six of those, but, uh, those were, I, I can only just say <laughs> those were the days. Those were the days. All right, folks. Well, hey, let's move on to happier topic. Hey, uh, the Friday feature coffee. Friday feature coffee. Well, it turns out that Susan in South Florida has sent me some Cuban coffee, right? Here it is, the bag of Cuban coffee, whole bean coffee. 
And uh, this is uh, Mayorga uh, brand, specialty grade whole bean coffee, USDA organic certified, and it's dark roast, bold, smooth, and sweet Cuban coffee, Cafe Cubano. All right, so this uh, is from the uh, Mayorga family, actual immigrants from Cuba to the USA. Uh, so you can find out all about this uh, coffee at MayorgaOrganics.com. So anyway, Susan sent me this from South Florida, and I ground some of these beans uh, just a few moments ago. Open up the bag, and definitely that roast, that rich roast smell uh, to the coffee. Very nice. And so I ground the coffee and um, uh, took the uh, drip uh, root. Uh, and very nice. Hold on just a second. Hold on. Yeah, I'm telling you, this is if you like a dark roast coffee, which obviously Cuban coffee is, if you like dark, dark roast coffee, this is nice, smooth, uh, fresh tasting uh, dark roast coffee from Cubano, the Mayorga family. So I'm going to give this, I don't know, is, is my, hold on just a second. I mean, this is definitely a good cup of coffee. No doubt about it. Hold on. This might even be VU approved. This might, the Mayorga specialty grade whole bean coffee, freshly ground and brewed. This might actually be VU approved. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Hey, thanks for Susan for uh, sending this uh, bag of whole green uh, whole bean coffee, and uh, you guys can check it out at MayorgaOrganics.com. Uh, All right. All right, folks. So listen, uh, three segments today: conf, uh, confidence quotient, uh, cuckoo nest, and save your breath. All right. So hang on. We'll be back for those in just a moment. All right, welcome back, folks, for segment number one, Cuckoo Nest, C-O-U-P-C-O-U-P, Nest. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Nancy, yeah, uh, Nancy Pelosi, the House, you know, the Speaker. Okay, well, so today she has introduced a bill uh, to create a commission on presidential capacity under the 25th Amendment. Now, here's the deal. Uh, Pelosi says, this is not about President Trump. <laughs> and then she uses the entire Q&A to talk about how President Trump is unfit for office. So anyway, take that as you will. And all of this, by the way, with 25 days left until the election. Now, so let's talk about this. So the 25th Amendment, that was something that was put in place after the assassination of uh, Kennedy, JFK. And, and the question kind of was, okay, what, what would happen if the president was incapacitated? Not, not if the president died, but what if the president was somehow incapacitated? What's now, now what? We, you know, we, we kind of know, we've had the circumstances in the past where, where the president has, has died, been, been assassinated, what, you know, so we, we know how all that, but what about 
We know what happens then, but what about if the president is somehow incapacitated? First of all, and this is the key question, who decides that the president of the United States is incapacitated, and thus we need to go to the succession? Well, the 25th Amendment set out to answer that question. And so the first answer was that the president's cabinet plus the vice president would make that decision. Now, that makes some sense because, obviously, it was, it, it's, the, it's the elected um, administration, you might say, right? Not that the cabinet members are elected, but in other words, this is the administration that's been put in place uh, by the elected administration and that the VP has to sign off, off on it. It can't be above and beyond the VP's signature. Now, but if you'll go read the amendment, you'll see that there's also this phrase, this or. It says something like, uh, or uh, whatsoever group the, the U.S. Congress uh, shall appoint to, to, do what's, uh, to do this, right? So you can, you can read it for yourself. Now, uh, since 1963 until today, they've just gone with the idea of the, of the cabinet plus the VP, uh, no, nobody has suggested that that uh, until until 2017, when somebody introduced a bill after Trump was elected, that uh, hey, we need a commission to decide if the president is incapacitated. It's crazy, all right. Now, uh, now that was shot down, went nowhere. But now, uh, what we have is Nancy bringing it back. And she's putting this in place. She's saying it's not about Trump. It's not about this 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 uh, this Congress at all. This is really about future. Uh, so, in other words, they're going to supplant. Um, uh, supposedly, this is a bipartisan group that's going to make this decision. Blah 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 blah. Now, trust me, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Democrats' latest insurance policy against what they believe is the unlikely event that Trump is going to be reelected. Trust me, if he's reelected, they will create, have this commission created and they will move to declare that he's unfit for office. This is crazy. And, and, and listen, this, all of this on top of all their various coup attempts so far, all their attempts to remove a duly elected president of the United States, starting with the White House authorized, we now know, illegal spying, uh, spying on the Trump campaign, the Russia hoax, the, the failed impeachment proceeding over a phone call, and now this. So make no mistake, this is their latest attempt. Now, folks, this behavior can't be rewarded at the ballot box. I don't care what you think about the, the personalities. You, can't, you cannot reward this track record at the ballot box. You, the citizens of the United States, you need to send a clear message that the duly elected president of the United States can't be spied upon, shouldn't be lied about every day from the halls of Congress, and number, and number three, you, you shouldn't try to drum up some kind of impeachment over some phone call. Uh, you, you just can't do that. You can't do that. The, the people have spoken. Let the government work. All right. Now, with that rant, uh, hold on just a second, <laughs> and we'll be back for the next segment. All right, folks, welcome back. 
you know what? We're gonna do both. We're gonna do two and three segments, two and three, as just kind of a bonus close here on VU twenty one for Friday, October nine. Okay, here we go. We're gonna start with confidence quotient. This is just fun with election numbers. Let's do fun with election numbers. The confidence quotient. Now listen to this. No incumbent president has ever lost re-election when receiving more than 75% of party support in the primary elections. All right? Now, this goes all the way back to when primaries were created in 1912, so over 100 years. So let's test it with some names that we know. Well, there was Richard Nixon. He had 89% support during the primaries. He won. There's Ronald Reagan. (laughs) He had 99% party support, and he won. Then there's George W. Bush. He had 98% party support, he won. There was Clinton and Obama. They each shared 89%, right, party support. Now, remember, if you have over 75%, you get reelected. And so Clinton and Obama each got reelected. Well, what about Ford, right? Gerald Ford. Now, he had 53% party support. He lost. What about Carter? (laughs) Carter had 51% party support. He lost. What about George Herbert Walker Bush? He had 73% party support. Remember, you have to have over 75%. He had 73% and lost re-election to Bill Clinton. What about Donald J. Trump? He has 94% party support in the primaries. Now, folks, votes are more reliable than polls every time. Now, those are the historical facts. So if Trump loses this re-election bid, it will be the first time in history that the primary vote failed to predict the winner of a presidential election. Now look, I admit it, I admit it. This is 2020. (laughs) I'm telling you folks, there's never been anything like it, right? This is 2020. And so, and and the primaries were back in, 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 in 2019. So I don't know, maybe 2020 has changed everything. Maybe this is the asterisk, right, in the record book. Maybe in fact, Trump loses. It's such an unusual environment but I don't think so. Anyway, we'll see. The confidence quotient. Now, here's our last segment. Last segment, save your breath. Folks, I want to help you with something. In the last, these last four minutes of VU21, I'm going to give you maybe the most helpful information you could have for these last 25 days before uh, election day. Now, uh, here's here here's the deal. There are uh, oftentimes in in an election at any level, they'll talk about the undecided voters and how the undecided voters are going to decide the election. 
because at the end of the day, they will make a decision. Even if it's on the day they walk into the voting booth, they will make a decision. So it's, it's about getting to those undecided voters. Now, listen, everybody listen to me carefully. Stop everything, put down the Cuban coffee, listen to this next statement. There are no undecided voters. <laughs> I'm telling you. Now, look, oh, yes, yeah, I know. There, you, you, no, 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 no. No, 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 don't go, don't go millennial on me and, and, and press this to literal. No, no, yeah, there are 2%, I don't know, 2% uh, undecided voters. So, yes, there, there are some undecided voters. But listen, not enough. Not enough. This is, this is not about persuading somebody who's undecided. Everybody has already decided. So this is what's called in politics a base election. In other words, um, what, what, what happens is it's not about persuading in a base election. You're not trying to persuade the undecideds. You're trying to persuade the already decideds to get to the polls, right? You're trying to retain your voters and get them to the polls. Now, let's go back to 2016. Hillary Rodham Clinton failed at both of those things. She did not maintain the Democratic base. She lost a lot of voters to Donald Trump. And secondly, and decisively, she did not get her voters to the polls, and especially in the Midwest. She just overlooked the Midwest entirely, thought it was, it was just a, a done deal. Uh, she didn't campaign. Bill Clinton himself told him, you guys are making a huge mistake. They laughed at him, the old guy. He didn't know what he was doing. And turns out they didn't get their vote to the polls, and they lost that election. All right? Now, let's, let's go to this year. Hang on just a second. So, this is a base election. Now, here's what it means practically. Nobody, let's say you've got a friend, a family member, uh, who is voting for, and this is, goes for you. Now, listen to me. This is true for you whether you support Biden or you support Trump. This goes for either one. If you have a family member, you have a friend, you have whatever it is, somebody on Facebook who supports the other candidate, Watch this. You are not going to persuade them to change their vote. You can save your breath. It's not about that. Here's what this election is about. It is about you, whoever you support, identifying everybody you know who supports the same candidate that you support. In my case, it's Donald Trump. And identifying everybody I know that supports Donald J. Trump and just encouraging those people to get to the polls. That's going to be the difference in this election. Who goes to the polls and actually votes? So save your breath trying to, to convince somebody to change their vote. Instead, use your breath, use your voice to encourage those who are going to vote the same way you are to get to the polls and vote. All right, folks. <laughs> that is VU21. So you guys have a great weekend and uh, worship the Lord on uh, Sunday. Pray every day for our country and for our election coming up. And I'll see you back on Monday for 
Hey, our second symmetrical VU, the 2-2. We're going to go to the 2-2 on Monday. All right. God bless you guys. All right. Bye-bye.